Another Village Vice heading your way. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law. Going into the season and throughout fall camp, there was so much energy and excitement about the idea of having two quarterbacks, right? The veteran Peyton Thorne with Robbie Ashford, who can do anything with his legs. Now, Brad, since the Cal game, that energy has drastically died down at least that's what i've seen have you seen similar things yeah for sure um but i you know what i think though the fan base is still trying to figure it out the same way the coaching staff is still trying to figure it out sure I, i think everybody's trying to get a handle on how they feel about the quarterbacks everybody was so surprised that they weren't able to get it moving in the first half against Mm. cal and so they don't know yet you know like if if auburn had done against cal something similar to what it did against umass um and then used robbie effectively in the same way i think you'd still see the same type of excitement about both quarterbacks you'd see people wearing robbie like a like a logo on their shirt like yeah look what we got huh check it out check it out So I I think until we see it consistently, effectively, um, people will dial back on that enthusiasm a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the doesn't seem like Hugh Freeze has lost the enthusiasm. And he was asked point blank, like, if you want consistency at quarterback, I'm paraphrasing the question here, but if you want consistency at quarterback, why wouldn't you just leave Peyton in? And he said, you know, there's still touches for Robbie Ashford, they've got to get Robbie touches. And look, I don't disagree with that. But the yeah. way he's been used, uh, specifically in the Cal game, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't know if that's something where they go to the drawing board and they say, hey, this can't happen. Yeah. Or if they say, okay, these are the reasons when we would put Robbie in, a Robbie Ashford package in. And it's got to meet these this criteria. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Because it's hard. There's a reason why a lot of two quarterback systems don't work because it's hard. And there's there's so many different elements that go into it. It's more than just play design, Brad. Right. It's confidence, it's flow, it's leadership. And also the defense is going to have an idea of what you're trying to do to them when you change personnel. I mean, they do that with running backs. They're definitely going to be able to do that with quarterbacks. So yeah. there's just so much, there's so many reasons why two quarterback systems don't work. And I think some of what we saw against Cal is exactly why that's the case. Yeah. I, um, we don't really want consistency unless the consistency is productive. Like you can be consistently mediocre. Uh You could be consistently poor. You don't want consistency if you're mediocre or poor. That's true. You, You want productive. And it doesn't matter if you use five quarterbacks. If everybody's productive, don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares as long as it's productive. So the question is, can Peyton be more productive if he's given the the higher share of the snaps in the game? And that's what we're figuring out. Like I you think back to previous years where Auburn had a couple of different quarterbacks that played. And I think about like 2001 and 2002 when Daniel Cobb yeah. and Jason Campbell, Zach, I know that's, you know, that's it's in the way back machine for you. I was like eight. Yeah. Right. It, uh, it would, it would almost depend on the opponent or the week 
as to who provided the spark for, for the offense. Mm -hmm. Particularly in 2002, there were some games where Jason couldn't move the offense effectively. Daniel did. Otherwise, there were games where Daniel didn't move effectively. Jason did. It's, it's almost like if you drop a rock underwater, there's no way to predict the exact path that that rock is going to take down to the bottom. It, it is fluid. It changes. Defenses change. Plays shift. People change. Everybody else on your offense changes. Like it's not, it's not a machine. As much as you'd like for it to be a machine, it's not. And so it really is a, 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 a I don't know the right word for it. it. It's a thing to figure out though. Yeah. Get, what gives your offense the best chance to be productive the most? So let's say the starting offense plays 30 snaps against Sanford mm -hmm. on Saturday. What's the quarterback split of those 30 snaps? 24 and 6. Okay. I think 24 and 6. I think 80%. Um, with the 6 maybe coming in the red zone. I really do. I, I think you're going to see something similar to what you saw against UMass out of Robbie. I could be wrong on that, but that's my expectation anyway, that they'll give Peyton 80% of the games in the balance snaps. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best case scenario is that this game looks like the opener against UMass, mm -hmm. right? Because then maybe you can chalk it up. Okay, maybe Philip Montgomery, the offensive coordinator and play caller for all of three plays Saturday night against Cal. Maybe he just got spooked a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh, we can't run the ball. And maybe he panicked a little bit. I don't know. That's certainly what it feels like. The more... The farther we get away from Saturday night's game, that's more of what it feels like. But, you know, we're not on that headset. We don't know. But even the way Hugh Freeze talked about it throughout this week, it just seems like it. their plan didn't work and they didn't know what yeah. to do. So um, I think the plan will work against Sanford, Brad. Yeah, just, I, just I, I do too. And I think you need it as, as a primer, as a tune-up for Texas A&M the following week. You, you need to have more confidence in that primary starter going into your first conference game on the road. It does. It will help. And we'll talk about this more next week leading into the A&M game. But sure. The fact that this this team, not just the offense, I was going to say just the offense, but the fact that this team has already had a road game and it's much further away um, and it's been in a disadvantageous time. Like yeah. they, they've already faced a lot of road adversity that will make A&M next week a lot more palatable. I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point, Brad. All right. Uh, a key starter was not at practice yesterday per reports, Brad. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Yeah. But um, as a better, you demand perfection. And my bookie delivers the NFL and college football season. Obviously, they are here. And they've got a new cash out system to give you options to bet and win all season long at the first two legs of your parlay hit they give you the option to cash out early and use those funds for another bet or you can let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday join the my bookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts free bets and super contests get started go to mybookie.ag register for a free account and when you're ready to make that first deposit use promo code next round to grab a welcome bonus on the house Promo code next round to claim that welcome bonus. And also you'll get a free chip to use at the MyBookie Casino. You can bet anything, anywhere, anytime, only with MyBookie. 
Auburn starting defensive back Donovan Kaufman was not there at practice yesterday, at least during the viewing window for the media on Tuesday. Donovan Kaufman has been exceptional. Yeah. He's been probably the biggest surprise on the team yeah. so far. Some people would say Eugene Asante. I thought Eugene Asante would be good. Donovan Kaufman, I thought, was going to get buried in the depth chart. And boy, yeah. was I wrong on that. He's been exceptional. Um, but yeah, no Donovan Kaufman. Not a huge deal against Samford. Right. But obviously would be a huge deal against Texas A&M next week. So hopefully they're yeah. just being cautious with him. Sounds like he got banged up a little bit against Cal. They're probably just letting him rest. But worth monitoring. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and you said it perfectly. Not not as big a deal against Sanford, you wouldn't think. Next week against AM, you're going to need him both in the run game. Um, AM has perhaps the most underrated running back in the SEC. Um, and then in the passing game, too. If, if you force him to throw it 50 to 60 times in that game, uh, then Donovan becomes a major factor in getting pressure sure. on the quarterback, um, maybe even more so than, than in coverage. But we thought Donovan had a Really terrific game against UMass. He had four tackles. He had a forced fumble. He had a sack. And all he did against Cal was come out and double his tackles. He had eight stops. He forced another fumble, then went and recovered it. So these first two games that Donovan Kaufman have, has had, yeah, I would call them the uh, biggest surprise defensively of the first two games. Um, he, I, and... You know what? He was steady for Auburn last year. He was a steady contributor game after game last year. We just didn't talk about him in fall camp. Didn't talk about him in summer and fall. So we we didn't really talk about what his role would be, but he's thrived in this defense. He's thrived bringing pressure. Um, yeah. He's been a short tackler. He has been a playmaker. And so, yeah, you need him in the lineup for, for conference play. No question. Yeah, I mean, and he was kind of battling for a spot in this past spring. Mm -hmm. And boy, he um, it all clicked for him. Yeah, you talk about his start to the year. I'm a big pro football focus guy. Yeah. And he has by far the best rating on the team, a 92.3, which is like first-round draft pick. Good. Yeah. Just for those under. And then Eugene Asante second with an 83.5. So, I mean, that's a big <laughs> jump. His rush defense grades at 96.6. His pass rush grades at 93.9. Stupid. Yeah. Absurd numbers when you look at what donovan kaufman has done through his first two games can you take us through those grades a little bit zach like if if the average person who's watching doesn't quite understand what those grades mean can you can you teach a little bit on that yeah so like a 70 is a pretty good score right so just for um keontae scott's a 72 jason jones has been a 71 and like larry nixon's a 68.9 Right. Like those are pretty solid players. Those are starting caliber players. Yeah. And then it drops off after that. Your 60s are what most people are going to be in. And then 50s and 40s are, are obviously kind of below average performance. Yeah. But yeah. So somebody through PFF charts every play and they get a grade and they kind of take into account a lot of different things. They take into account where you lined up at, what you're doing on that specific play. And then, like, if it's a, if you're pass rushing, um, they, they take that as a pass rushing snap. And then did you record a pressure or did you get close to the quarterback or did you hit the quarterback? Or obviously did you get a sack? So they just compile all this data and, uh, and give you a grade. But yeah, if you get a 90 or better, like, yeah, that's, um, that's like 
an NFL team really, really wants you <laughs> if you consistently <laughs> score in the 90s. And that's that's what Donovan's done through the first two games. So hopefully this injury doesn't slow him down. All right, let me let me diverge a little bit and ask you just a, a question off the cuff. That's pro football focus, PFF. Let's go to ZBF. Ooh. Zach Blackerby focus. Ooh. If I ask you to build starters and second team, your all-time Auburn secondary. All-time? Now, all-time, understand, I'm not expecting you to go back to the 40s and 50s, right? You don't have to take the safety from the 57 national championship team, even though that team gave up like 10 points all year. Their defense was exceptional. So that, that's not – in your era uh-huh. of watching Auburn football, I know you love corners. I know you're a big DB guy. Yeah, yeah. Carlton yeah. Davis is definitely the first guy I'm taking. That's okay. for sure. Carlton right. Davis and honestly, probably Jamel Dean because I, I think you kind of get two different things and that's why the Bucks wanted both of them so badly. Carlton, I think you can kind of get the guy who can cover more ground and Jamel, you can get the guy that can just beat the dude up at the line. But you also got to consider Roger McCreary, but I want a bigger corner if, I, if my first guy's... Carlton Davis and then safeties safeties are tough because I don't know if our safeties have been that great uh-huh. over the last few years. Where's your cutoff by the way, because if Carlos Rogers is not on your first, sure, Carlos Rogers team, is great. I'm, I'm thinking of the other one, but yeah, yeah, Carlos Rogers. Can I put Sherwood back there? Because sure like, can. yeah, I mean, he's still playing in the league. I feel like he was really overlooked when he was here. So yeah. your safeties. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll put yeah. Sherwood back there. Jamie okay. and Sherwood. That'd be a pretty good group. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. All right. I like that. All right. That's ZBF. What about you? Zach Give me Blackie. yours real quick. Oh, mine are somewhat nostalgic. Like I'd find a way to put Antoine Nolan on the team from the late okay. 90s. Uh, That's, yeah. But Carlos Rogers would start at a corner. Um, yeah, probably Carlton Davis. They'd be my first two. Junior Rosegreen would need to be one of my safeties. That's a good one. Yeah. And I would consider Zach Etheridge at a at a okay. safety spot as well. That's a pretty formidable defensive backfield. Yeah. They'd so. hit the crap out of you. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they would. They That's really for would. Sure. You would. You wouldn't want to run the ball against them. No. No, I, I don't think so. You know what? Gerard so. Gerard Powers played 10 years in the NFL. He was a very good defensive back as well. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Those those 2000s teams with Coach Tuberville had some had some guys on defense. Yeah, they would just clobber you. There's yeah. no question. There's no question about it. All right. Um, I gotta, yeah. Uh, yeah, before go we move on, Lance's lock. Okay? It's time. It's it's time. You haven't done it yet. Why? NFL season's here. College football is going into week three, for goodness sakes. We're going to look right. up at the end of Saturday after Auburn's won its homecoming game. Don't and we're going to go, my gosh, the season's a quarter of the way over. Just like don't, that. Don't say so it, it's it's time. Get some plays. Go to lanceslock.com. All right. You can still get the best price on the monthly packages or the annual packages. The annual package is the way to go, quite frankly. Sign up today, get the best deal. Lanceslock don't uh, lanceslock.com. Don't wait any longer, please. Take care of it for you. All right. Let's look at some players that we are excited to see potentially step up or more of against uh against Samford this weekend. I'll start. Okay. 
I can't wait to see Eugene Asante play football again. <laughs> I can't wait. Saturday night, it's been too long. It's been too long. I need to see Eugene Asante destroying some people again yeah. and just taking over the football game. So Eugene Asante is uh, my first guy that I'm like, okay, come on. Let's go play football. He's, I want to watch you play. He's he's kind of your number one. He's the reason you buy the ticket. He he would be the the number one guy for whom you buy the ticket, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to wake up Saturday morning. I'm going to look at my wife and be like, babe, wake up. Eugene Asante plays football today. <laughs> Let's work. I love it. All right. Um, Jeremiah Cobb, more of 23. Um, Hugh Freeze has mentioned that, you know, the, it, it's in the little ways that he talks about Jeremiah Cobb. And if you listen to Cornell Williams talk about Jeremiah Cobb, they're they're the little inklings that they know this guy is going to be special. Yeah, He's special now. He's going to do some really special things. And I think, I don't think they're going to use Jarquez and Damari um, to a greater extent against Sanford than what they used them against Cal. I think it's guys down the depth chart that get more carries. And I think that's Jeremiah Cobb. And I think he'll be electric against Sanford. I think that's a good one. And I think he'll get the reps. So I, I yeah. like that answer. I like that answer a lot. What about um what about getting Rivaldo Fairweather involved more early? I think that could be something that they make a point to do, at least in the passing game, right? He played a lot early in both games, but as far as throwing the ball to him, we saw him really take over the game and ultimately win the game for Auburn yeah. Saturday night. Do they force feed him the ball more? I think the answer to that should be yes. Yeah. But there's also a reason why you wouldn't choose to do that against Sanford. Right. But I, I think this team needs game reps in the passing game. You may be right about that. I sort of I, I took the um I took the ulterior road there. I, I don't think you force feed him against Sanford. I do think that if he doesn't have two to three targets in the first quarter against AM, it'll it'll shock me if he does. I, I think you absolutely force feed him against AM in a week and a half. I think, however, that a guy like Luke Deal, who's one of your leaders, one of your captains, I think you could try to get him a touch or two in the first quarter of, of this game. He um, has not been off to a good start this year. No, and I think this is a really good opportunity for him to do that. I think it's the best opportunity to do that until you get to the middle of November. So I, I just, I'd kind of like to see that for, for Luke and his leadership and what he means to the team. I'd like yeah. to see him get going a little bit in this game. I'm with you. I'm with you. Maybe we should say a few defensive names. Yeah. We've all, we've been all offense. Uh, no, I said Eugene Asante. You said Eugene right just off kidding. the bat. Yeah. Maybe you should say more defense. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Kay and Lee's been unbelievable. Here's me talking about corners again. Kay and Lee has been great, and he's been in a situation where they thought they were going to have a future NFL corner. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett playing those snaps and they've given them all to Kay and Lee because Pritchett isn't playing yet. And when the corner on the other side of you, <clears throat> excuse me, is DJ James, they're going to throw to the freshman. Mm -hmm. And he has been incredible at holding his own. So props to Kay and Lee. I am curious to see when Pritchett does come back. And I think that'll either be Saturday or the following Saturday. He's been practicing for a few weeks now. I'm, I'm expecting him back soon, but how do they use Canley? Do they just rotate their corners more often or do they put him at nickel some? That That's something I'm excited to see. Sure. Uh, Jayla McLeod is a guy that I am excited to see. Great answer. 85, 90% uh, 
Um, he changes the defense. Again, the coaches just can't stop talking about what a difference he makes to the defense. This is a Samford offensive line that gave up six sacks in their game last week. Their tackles are 6'4", 287, and 6'4", 280. I, I think that's an advantageous matchup for Jalen McLeod and some of the other guys on the edge for Auburn. So uh, I look forward to seeing what he can do turned loose. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. And then, you know, we kind of called on Jason Jones and uh, Justin Rogers last mm -hmm. week. Like, we needed more of them. And, boy, they the whole defensive front seven showed out against Cal. Yeah. You know, keep that momentum going. I expect both of those guys to play well against Sanford's undersized offensive line. Um, boy, those Sanford boys, they've got some um they've got uh they've got some big tasks in front of them yeah. uh, this week. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, th this this game should not be close at any point of it, Brad. No. And so we'll yeah. uh we'll see how Auburn responds to uh to a road trip that seemed to wear them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, I'm sure to some extent they're they're looking ahead to A and M a little bit. I, I think it's only human to do that. I think it would only be natural. And again, because of the kind of the hangover from the, the trip, I don't expect things to look as clean, especially in the beginning as they looked against UMass. But yeah, this is not a game where we're talking about Auburn winning or losing. We will include it in our Village Vice six-pack tomorrow, Ooh. but only because, well, we're always going to include the Auburn game. But it's a pretty good weekend. This is another really, I think, intriguing weekend of football around the country. So we'll talk more about that in the uh, Village Vice six pack tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a sports book put out lines yet. Yeah. So they probably won't at this point, but we'll still, uh, we'll still pick it for sure. Yeah. Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It will. Thanks for watching, everybody. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.